galaxy is burning. Brother fights brother, and treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Age of Darkness. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, coming to you from within the depths of the Vengeful Spirit. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Remembrancers Retreat, a Warhammer 30k Horse Heresy podcast. My name is Jesse. I'm here today with Michael. Hey. And Thousand Suns player and beloved co-host of the podcast, Jason. What's up, nerds? It's been forever. It's been forever for everybody. I'm just like getting touching back with everybody. Last episode was with Austin. Now it's with you. I'm sure we'll just swing around, get everybody again at some point. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't have a bad time with anybody in this cast. They're all delights. For sure. Um, This episode, we were hitting up on part two of The Thousand Suns. Uh, Jason, you were otherwise preoccupied, so couldn't quite hit the first one. But a lot of it was talking about just generally the rules, the the minor arcanas. And this episode, we'll be talking mostly about the uh, the models or the units themselves and the rights of war. Mm-hmm. But before then, mm-hmm. uh, we'll just round up with some of our patron listeners to give them good old thanks to our Legion Flexomancers, Alex Self, Andrew N, Chaplain Asar, Chris Kymick, Chris Mack, Daniel, Edvin Ullman, Real Snice, Rena the Fluth, and Variance Hammer. If you enjoy our program and uh, would like to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash RR30K podcast, choose a level, become a member, Get your episodes a week early. It's great times. Get a 15% discount off of uh, goblinshut.com. Become a member today. RR30K podcast at patreon.com. Jason, what have you been up to in the hobby lately? It's we're going to ra- oh, catch up. So uh, I have had a delightful time uh, working through a brand new despoiler squad for my emperor's mm. children. Um Hasn't been a lot of Thousand Sons for me in second edition Mm -hmm. so far. Uh, Has been mostly Emperor's Children and uh, Alpha Legion. Mm -hmm. But I am a massive Thousand Sons nerd and a tiny (laughs) bit of a lore nuggetry for, you know, our listeners. The entire reason uh, our highest Patreon tier is called the Flexomancer tier is because of me. And uh, the pure evil that was my uh, biomancy. Uh, let's see, what's that? The uh, my entire uh, Thousand Sons company was a uh, Pavoni, the Third Fellowship, mm-hmm. which are the biomancers like Hathor Mott. Uh, is such a huge asshole. He's kind of like um, kind of like Eidolon, only for the Thousand Sons. And he spent a bunch of time with the Third Legion, so Third Fellowship uh, was pretty great. Uh, and they were definitely my favorite, especially because they tend to use a lot of black in their scheme, yeah. and I did not know how to paint white very well <laughs> at the <enough>. time. <laughs> so it all came together. Sounds like you need to get an allied attachment in there somewhere. Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm working on it. It's just oh, slow yeah, now. Sure. As is everything these days. <laughs> Including this podcast episode releases. Anyways, um, very cool. Emperor's Children to spoilers. I'm also working on my own to spoilers. I... It took me forever. Yeah, nice. It took me forever. I don't know why I was slept on them. Well, I know why, because I had tacticals with bolters and chainsaws. I was like, well, I'm just going to use these and mm-hmm. pay the points for them. Yeah. Anyways. Tacticals are great, yeah. but... I do like tacticals with chainsaws. Mm-hmm. 
if I can get the same ones with just chain swords for free, yeah, save you five points a guy because they're Deathwing. They're going to be hitting stuff anyway, not shooting. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Makes sense for you. I like the tactical flexibility of it, um, but it is real expensive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Speaking of real Chris, I did get my uh, second twenty-man Mark III tactical squad to be building nice. up, so I will have forty despoilers rolling around, having a good old time with chain swords. Hell yeah, it's gonna be nice. Yeah, uh, Michael, I know it's been less than a week, but what have you been up to? Uh, mostly, I've been wrestling with the U.S. Postal Service, <laughs> um, who is not delivering the packages I need for my Inquisition. Oh no, packages. That I was planning on doing yesterday. Um, other than that, I have been uh, not assembling my uh, Aeronautica uh, gunships mm-hmm. that I got. Uh, probably going to do that later today, though. So the fire. Uh, what I have been doing, yeah, the fire gotcha. guys. Uh, what I have been doing is uh, pre-ordering Legions Imperialis and looking at some of the leaks coming out to. Uh, figure out what I'm going to be doing there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I have a good idea. Um, did you manage to get your box set? Yes. You did? Okay. Yes, well, that's right. You I ordered did. through. That's right. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I ordered directly through the local GW store, and that worked out well. Yeah. Um, so I've got my box. I've got a box of rhinos. I might at some point pick up another box of Kratos's, but I figured that was going to give me enough to get going. Um, and, uh, I'm going to be painting up ultramarines. Good call. Uh, with a second formation of, uh, Nemesis, Nemesis company ultramarines that I think I'm going to run as dark angels because it's looking like dark angels are going to get some, uh, fun war crimes on their, sweet, uh, infantry, sweet, which will represent the Nemesis destroyers. Very well, I think. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to take a peek at the pre uh, what people previewed for the legions, but I'm excited for it. Although, yeah, yeah, yeah dressing the elephant in the room, the release was not very well uh, implemented. I'm going to be honest about that, but uh, I feel like it's a, it went the way most GW releases went with a little more confusion because no one knows how to use the new site. Yeah, or like even our local FLGS couldn't even get any pre-orders, which left a lot of a lot of folks around here high and dry, yeah. which was pretty disappointing. I myself, I was going to order online, and then I was trying to log use the website, and the website kept. Uh, I didn't even get to point in the queue, but it just kept on every time I would like go to a different page on the website, it would ask me again to log in. I'm like, I'm not going to take a chance. So thankfully, there was a GW store about 15 minutes from me. So I did just swoop in there and get the pre-order in, but uh, a lot of folks did not get what the, get the, get the box set, which is understandably very frustrating. Yeah. But, um, I guess it's not a one and done box at least. So at some point it will return. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed that it will be sooner rather than later. Yeah. And the rule book will be available Separately, both in print and, and as a EPUB. Yeah, which is, quite honestly, was surprising. I was expecting to, to just launch that with it. But that's something that we've yeah. always kind of hoped they would do with certain releases. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So we will see what happens here in two weeks when I get my box set. It's going to be dark. I am Angels. still very excited for it. 
Yeah. Though there is definitely a cloud of negativity around it. Yeah. Hopefully it. That's understandable, but yeah. Hopefully that will soften up once the box comes out and people can start putting stuff together. I'm I'm excited for those uh, for those tanks. Yeah, they're so cute. Yeah. So small. Yep. Mm-hmm. But other than that, um, they also the other day really uh, finally showed the Mark VI assault, fully painted up, mm. models ready to go. They look pretty good. They come in sets of 10, which I'm like, ah, I wish they were 20, but at the same time, I don't know. I feel like- Can assault marines be taken in 20s? I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I, I thought assaults were 10s. No, um, I think it's for troops. I think it's the support squad can go up to 10. Okay. Mm-hmm. But not much. And recon. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, mm-hmm. I don't think there's too many that cannot go to 20. Scout squads, tactical support. Um, well, I suppose the backpack is adding enough extra space on the sprue that they wanted to try and keep the price reasonable. Eh, I reckon so, but they've also been pretty good at like putting a bunch in a box and having it at a decent mm-hmm. discount. See, like the twenty man squadrons. I know there would be definitely more than the uh, than the uh, the tacticals. But yeah. At the same time, uh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. But like with the jump pack added on, that's like almost another. At least half a marine. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking if they put 20 on the sprue, they would end up asking like 140 for assault marines, mm. which people would understandably be pissed about. I think <laughs> the people who did not used to play Forge World Marines. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, I, I get it. It, it was a decision, yeah. but and we'll we'll see how much how much of it comes out. But yeah. if it's 75 bucks for a box oh. of 10, then you're really not saving that much, anyways. Yeah. If that, but I, but it looks. Better. But yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a fan. They do look really. They cool. really do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I'm a big fan I, of the armored chest plate they have. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say that too. What I really love, they specifically call out a pair of lightning claws because I know everybody's been jonesing for like a uh, lefty lightning claw to match with the mm-hmm. uh, tactical sergeant. <clears throat> That'd be cool. Yeah, I just saw the right one. I need to see more of the box, but right now, I, I couldn't tell. When I saw that lightning claw, I was a little bit worried. It's like, did they just throw in the same tactical upgrade kit in there again? But I, I don't know. We'll see. Because it looks like he's got, excuse me, looks like he's got the little gas mask, the lightning claw. Mm-hmm. It may be the same sprue for up, for up, it might be. For upgrades, yeah. which would be a, a little disappointing. But I, I really yeah. do like, see those assault squad Mark six with those armored chest plates. Mm-hmm it wouldn't take much to have them just look like destroyers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think that'd be kind of cool. And destroyers have jump packs yeah, too. So mm-hmm. you put some bulky, uh, like, um, Oh, what did I used to do to take the Tartaros helmets? Okay. They, they actually oh, do a pretty yeah. good job yeah. of looking very like extra shielded. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see coming soon. I can't imagine these guys, uh, won't be released in much time. I think they'll be around here. I don't know. Probably before the uh, end of the year, I'm, I think, would be my guess. I'm guessing December, yeah. And they got apparently they got combat shields for everybody. And those combat shields are yeah. pretty cool. They look like little mini breacher shields. Yeah. Big fan of those. It, they've taken a long time getting here, but I think they do look good. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just like, combat shields are just so hard to like find a decent set of. Yeah. Right. I feel like GW hasn't had good combat shields before. Mm-hmm. Not not really, no. Uh, <laughs> they've had okay ones in some of the Legion-specific mm-hmm. stuff. Like, the Templar shields are fine. Mm-hmm. But 
Oh yeah, I forgot about those. I'm just used to pillaging those ones from the old like 40k. Yes. Uh, was it Vanguard veterans? Yeah. Yeah. The the uh, Dark Angel. Uh, uh, the veterans, Dark Angel veterans, had a few in there as mm-hmm. well, which worked out okay. But even after a while, they do kind of show their age too. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of Dark Angel yeah. veterans, <laughs> uh, did you see those uh, 40k Dark Angels Indomitus? Uh, yeah, the Dark uh, the Deathwing Knights. Yeah. I now am, and Jason would appreciate this. I am now mm-hmm. in that rare group that have seen like special units get released twice now. Like I remember <laughs> when I first started in the hobby when the Deathwing Knights came out, uh-huh. and I thought they were cool. That's honestly one of the first few things that I picked up into the hobby because they just looked so awesome. And now here they are back again and updated Indominus. They look really cool. I I feel I feel, I, I miss the uh, the wings the wings on the head. I feel that's the one thing that's lacking. That's fair. They look a little very they look fair. a little not quite as. Uh, <laughs> Regal, S- smooth. Yeah, yeah. They look very smooth, brain. Yeah, <laughs> a bit. That could also be the the, the paint job too. But I'm a. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no these 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 look great. I'm excited. I'll definitely be uh, pillaging them and see what I can do with them around here. Because I do believe it ha- those maces are really cool. If nothing else, <laughs> yeah. And I do believe I, ha- I have to double check because it's been a while. But I'm pretty sure Indominus Deathwing. Uh, Knights can be or Deathwing uh, companions can be taken at least as a um I want to say it's part of the not exemplary but the like Le- the legacies uh, legendary? yeah or legacies yeah I could be mistaken but if not Maybe. well I'll, I'll figure out some way to do it I can't imagine uh, throwing some cataphracty arms on the side and yeah wouldn't mm. be too difficult and failing that in the uh, just elite slot or troop slot uh, Indominus. Mm-hmm. Terminators are pretty good. True. Just, yeah, they are. Could you just run them as that? We will see what the what the future brings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fancy mm-hmm. boys. And Asmodai, which was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. I like how they put a Mark II helmet on there. <laughs> just sort of going through. He's like, I just got one last guy to kill. One last guy to kill, please. <laughs> one last fallen. I swear. Just one more time for, for old time's sake. Gotta stab him all. Yeah. But yeah, he he looks pretty uh pretty intense and old school cartoony Warhammer style. Yeah. Right. He does very much look like a third edition codex cover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the best kind. Oh yeah. And hell, he whew, trying to think of all the sorts of things I can do with this guy. Like Praetor, Librarian. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not uh, unless someone really complains about you can see sort of like a I don't know, a kneecap behind the freaking <laughs> cloth. Professor <laughs> Armor. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, if anybody complains about that, they're just saving you time because they'd be a miserable game anyway. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. What is that weapon he's got on his back there? I don't know. That, oh, hang on. I could share that if I learn how to share. I'm glad you know how to. And <laughs> yeah, this little thing right here. Was, oh, wild. It's probably like a, like a specific weapon he has. It's been so long since I played 40k. I forget a lot of what the characters have. Yeah. I th- oh yeah. I think that's his uh, interrogation implements. Mm. They've got some real edgy name to them, but the mm-hmm. torturers tools. Yep. 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 <laughs> I thought the uh, in 40k the lion came back and all the fallen were like forgiven. I believe. Now. Well, 
without actually having read that particular, like I understand that is the case, but it may not necessarily be all of them. And it could uh, not necessarily, well, you know, chaplains in the line don't necessarily always see eye to eye. So <laughs> like I said, Asmodai was like, let me just get this one say. guy for old time's sake. <laughs> there is a long history of dark angels, not doing what the lion says. Fair. Completely fair. <laughs> But he looks really cool. And I guess uh, from what I understand, there's some more Dark Angel uh, updates coming soon. So time to refresh in the bits box. I'm excited. Yeah. In the meantime, yeah. do we want to talk about Spooky Space Wizards? Spooky Space Wizards. Let's Heck do yeah. it. Do, do, do. All right. So I learned how to share again. There we go. All right. So Spooky Space Wizards. Jason, I know you had a... I have a chance last time to uh, talk about special rules and stuff, but did you have any uh, particular points? You, you mentioned that at first you weren't uh, too thrilled, but you seem to have like started to change a little bit. Yeah, I will admit it's completely different from how the first edition played, which it needed to be. Uh, nobody was having fun when a Thousand Suns player rocked up with 30 power dice, <laughs> and you just knew you were going to be like eating every magic missile that was in the rule book. If I, to jump in, if I recall right, um, you talked about your Flexomancer. He's the one who single-handedly brought down a Serastus Knight in one round, if I recall. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That was pretty good luck on his point. But, a great um, story. Yeah. One for the- it was a great story. Uh, because for our newer listeners that may not remember the Halcyon, air quotes, days of first edition, um, Psychic powers used to be a just like old Warhammer fantasy magic disciplines uh, where you had a page of spells you could pick from and you'd have to roll them at the beginning of every battle. It was pretty wacky. Um, And there were some uh, random. Good God. (laughs) mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember back when uh, you think telepathy is bad now with uh, almost auto pinning. Let me tell you, back in the first edition. You want to hear like an old grognard complain about something? Ask him about invisibility <laughs> before they fix that. Oh. Invisibility is the reason why I didn't play Seventh Edition Warhammer. <laughs> mm-hmm. I played an introduction game in which the uh, Eldar player uh, parked some transports in front of their banshees, turned them invisible. It's like, okay, you can't shoot the transports because they're invisible. Okay, then I'm going to shoot through the to the banshees behind. Oh, can't do that either. They're blocking line of sight. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, next yeah. turn, charged my town and slaughtered everyone. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I'm, I'm good here. <laughs> I'll park it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So even better is when, um, yeah, the uh, first few editions, uh, well, the first few FAQs and rule books and stuff for Horus Heresy basically just said, use the 40K book. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You know what? Everybody makes fun of Lorgar until invisible Lorgar is coming out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Nobody, nobody likes invisible Lorgar. That's that's some nonsense. I'm glad they got rid of invisibility. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that needed to happen. Uh, In the same way, I think the Thousand Suns definitely needed a tune-up in a way that was not going to make it miserable for everybody to play them. Uh, and I think a lot of that ended up good. Some of it did mm-hmm. not. Now, I absolutely 100% understand the criticism 
that it's very frustrating for Thousand Suns players to have your entire Legionis the Stardust trait tied to your squad leader because the second you get on the board with somebody with a precision shot and a single sniper rifle takes out your squad leader, you no longer get to use your Legionis the Stardust trait because he's mm-hmm. dead. I understand what they were probably trying to do with that. The Thousand Suns history-wise, have a habit of promoting the stronger practitioners more quickly through the ranks. So it makes sense that it would kind of represent like a squad leader being the strongest practitioner of that art in the squad, you know, kind of being like the uh, old Brotherhood of Sorcerers deal where they would concentrate their power and sort of direct it for the squad. Uh, I think that's what they were going for. Now, I don't think that's implemented great because one, your squad sergeant dies, then you can't use your trait, and also it's the only uh, legion with a trait that kills them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is also not delightful, but also it really sort of plays into the Thousand Suns being like the big risk, big reward legion. Yeah. Because as gross as it is to try and use your Legionis Astartes trait to get plus three inches of movement, and have it kill you. Uh, on the other hand, uh, when you have like all of those psychic buffs rolling off, and suddenly, even with minor arcanas, you can easily get like plus three inches of movement. Everybody has Hammer of Wrath two. Uh, everybody has like a plus one to their invulnerables. So suddenly, you can have Terminators, uh, Tartarus Terminators, with the save of Cataphracty, but zero downsides, or Breachers, all with a four-up and vulnerable, and uh, it's good times. Okay, I hear you, but but playing Imperial Fists, my Tartaros have a three-up and vuln, and my Breachers have a four-up and vuln. <laughs> they do. They do. And um, that's not even my Legion trait. <laughs> But you do have to pay points You're for not... that, right? Yeah, Making but it's it so great. worth yeah, it. That's true. To have it, yeah, <laughs> points for the uh, reliability for sure. Yeah. You're not making a great case to disavow the Loyalist Trust Fund. <laughs> no, I'm that's fair. Um, and, and for context, Jason, I was going hard against the uh, cult, oh, yeah, no. uh, minor cults last time. 100%. I don't like where they're at. And and I like Thousand Sons. I was planning on doing a small Thousand Sons army before 2.0 dropped, and the rules dissuaded me from that. So, yeah. I agree. And it's it's hard to balance. Yeah. I mean, how do you not go back to that nightmare of miserable uh, times for your opponent of stacking 30 power dice, but also have them feel like the psychic powerhouses that they are? Right. And I don't think they're at a place that's unplayable. No. It's just there are definitely some constructive criticisms to be mm-hmm. had. Yeah. But if... uh, that being said, uh, there are just some absolute fun times um, with all of the warlord traits. Uh, as bad as all of those psychic tests can be across the length and breadth of the game, uh, they do give you some very solid warlord traits to make sure that a, you either almost never miscast, or B, when you do, it's your opponent's problem. Yeah. So, or 
I mean, I guess C, if you want to go with Eidolon of Suffering, you don't have to worry about it at all. Yeah, but a lot of that just affects the Warlord in their particular unit, though. Not quite like army yeah. wide. I was True. thinking about this uh, after we had discussed it uh, last episode. And I think what a, maybe in terms of what a balancing act could have been was perhaps you still had to perform a psychic test. But if you, mm-hmm. if, if you fail, nothing happens. But if you fail real hard, then you may have uh, perils of the warp. Like if you rolled like a three or four or less on your leadership check for your psychic, something of that nature. All right. Give me one sec. I'll be like five minutes. Okay. But I was thinking something like that might've been like, cause I still understand that they kind of have to represent that, you know, that dangerous weapon that they're holding that, that is psychic power to some extent, but it shouldn't be a complete, like every time you fail suffering perils of the warp, I just not a huge fan of. Yeah. I, I think maybe it just shouldn't have been in their Legion trait, mm. you know, maybe make their war gear instead of, you know, actual war gear, psychic powers that you can just put on each squad. Mm. It's then dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, their, their weapons are old witch fire style mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. where, and if they perils, I think that would have gotten that across pretty yeah. well. But then, what was um, there of uh, Astarte's trait? I'm just trying. I'm just yeah, just thinking um, what what would be a good way to represent them. Otherwise, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And at this point, oh, I, I know it is what it, it is. This is so. all theoretical. Sure, something to chew on while I'm burning time. While wait for Jason to get back real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um. As it stands, I think really what you want to do with Thousand Sons is uh, do some old style Death Stars with them. I feel like you kind of have to to really get the most out of it. Yeah. And most bang up for your buck without really shooting yourself in the foot. Which I think is fine. I, I wish they didn't have to do that, but it, it is fine. Also, all of their characters should be able to take all the characters who take the upgrade to be uh, psychers should be able to just take four swords. Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, here's an idea. Maybe if a uh, thousand sons had the ability to take regular saves on perils of the warp or some, or some sort of save on perils of the warp. Yeah, that would work. I feel like that. Yeah. But yeah, too late for that now, but yeah, I feel that would have been a fair exchange mm. or reduce the minor. If they were to suffer perils, just to have a single wound as opposed to the potential D three every time. Yeah. And if they moved more stuff into like war gear and mm-hmm. warlord trades and that sort of thing, then it, choose whether or not to. And, and it would be fine if they then had a lackluster legion as a starting straight. That's a little bit where I feel they're at now, but not quite. I'm trying to think of other ways to bump up standard units leadership to help with those psychic checks. Other than, yeah, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a generic area-wide leadership boost. No. I think that's for like special characters, but there might um, be some units in and, here. Cause honestly, I, I'll be honest. I haven't looked a lot at thousand suns yeah. themselves. So maybe there's some surprises in here that might be worth taking a look at. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Take a look in a moment. Um, from what I remember, most of the leadership buffs are specifically for morale checks. Gotcha. Um, Not leadership checks. That are required right. for psychic checks. Yeah. Though, if I remember correctly, then uh, most of the leadership debuffs do just hit leadership, not morale checks. So, fear, rip. 
Psychic Anathema is very much a rip, but it should be. Yeah, yeah. The Sisters versus Thousand, Thousand Sons should just be a bad time for the Thousand Sons. It's, yeah. It's one of those matchups that you can't really hate. Yeah. Granted, I might be speaking from a place of bias there, but I don't know. Jason gets back, we'll ask him, hey, if you were facing up a giant oh. Sisters of Silence, would you feel bad about it? Also, if your opponent is running uh, a primary army of Sisters of Silence, it's the only good matchup they have. So. Fair. <laughs> Yeah, they they should be applauded for making a full-blown Sisters of Silence army anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Let them get their one easy win. (laughs) All right. Jason. Jason. There we go. Welcome back. Delightful. We were just uh, discussing uh, A Thousand Sons and like how we would have tweaked it differently. I was considering if they were going to keep the, the, uh, the perils of the warp on them at least allow a thousand sons to have like a special save against that adamantium will does so, adamantium will save against perils or am i so adamantium will uh people normally remember that it's a save against like force weapons and weapons with psychic focus but it also specifically gives you a save against um perils of the warp wounds if you don't have a better invulnerable already oh so well, that's cool i I rarely run Psyker, so I've never actually run into it, so I don't keep it in my memory bank. Yeah, it's real nice. Uh, like the Osiren Dreadnought has a four up. Uh, Armin and Magnus both have a three up. It's good times. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, you're ready to uh, dig into these uh, units here? Heck yeah. All right. I figured we'd save uh, Magnus for last. Yeah. Or close to last. Cool. And uh, uh, skip on to the Sekhmet. Yeah. Uh, Love these guys. So the Sekhmet are a little bit of a problem child, I think, from the first edition. And they're a little bit different now with how uh, how the uh, spread between like minor arcanas and actual psychic disciplines and everything work. But they are very solid, very good. They're kind of like uh, the Dark Angel Cenobium. They're very expensive, but they're very good at what they do. Mm-hmm. So um, have you guys gone through the armory and everything yet? Okay. Yes. So y'all already know how Achaean force weapons work. Um, mm-hmm. I am a fan of the Achaean force weapons for everything except the fact, for some weird reason, they can't be taken by independent characters, only character characters. Um, it's- so you were you weren't here last time, but I had a theory mm-hmm. on that. Uh, I think maybe that uh, they had intended force weapons to be taken by uh, any. Thousand Sons right. character who took a psychic mm-hmm. upgrade. Um, of course, they can't because that's only a librarian right. option. They um, but first I, I think that would make sense. And I mean, yeah. it would be great if they could now. Yeah, um, it's. I I really think they should have that option. Yeah, maybe we'll see it in a balance base update for a FAQ sometime in the near future. We can only speculate. However. Uh, what we have to work with now, uh, the Sekhmet are pretty darn good. Uh, their weapon skill 5, uh, leadership 9 with your sergeant, and uh, one downside, and this is a very personal pet peeve that affects probably literally three other people that play horror therapy. <laughs> oh, I right. converted my first edition Sekhmet to be in Tartaros armor because they weren't yeah required to take cataphracty in first edition because mm-hmm. again they were pavoni so biomancy i wanted to to be able to sweep and use like mm-hmm. you know their mm-hmm. cool 
warp speed and bonus initiative and stuff. Uh, they're stuck in cataphracty now. Um, yeah, I will be honest. I'm a little biased against cataphracty. I don't like that they're heavy. Uh, they can't run. Yeah. I feel like, especially with the move to concentrating on four yep. turn game, uh, being able to run is very important. And I feel like being able to sweep is also super important for a combat unit. Um, cataphracty just have zero chance to sweep. And I feel like that's almost crippling for a unit that big. It can be for sure. But, um, it, it's definitely a downside. Some good things. Uh, all of them have whatever flavor of a KN pattern force weapon you want. Um, they are stubborn, which is great. Um, so they are 50 points each, which again, like expensive, but they do good stuff. Um, you can trade out your combi bolters, kind of like a normal Terminator, uh, for two, five, or ten points for the Volkite. Uh, minor and Magni combi weapons, and then you can take the Power Fist, Lightning Claws, Chain Fist, Thunder Hammers for a middling of points. Uh, your Inceptor, which is your squad leader equivalent, you can take that Grenade Harness uh, for only 5 points, which is nice. And then you can also purchase for your Inceptor a single Psychic Discipline from the core rulebook. So, hmm. uh, Love yeah, that. it is delightful. Uh, definitely a step down. They were considered a um, second level, mm-hmm. uh, second mastery level, or uh, you know, which basically just as powerful as a stock librarian. Which you know was funny, but again, could be pretty miserable for your opponent when you armor them up with all sorts of biomancy and whatever. Uh, but now, of course, I'm biased toward biomancy. Uh, the plus one strength just across the board is great. Uh, you don't have to test for it, or if you want. Um, currently as like a reaction for say overwatch or shooting, you can use the boosted version to get plus one toughness, uh, strength five, toughness, five terminators with weapon skill five are no joke. Uh, even before you turn on their, uh, AK and force weapons, which again, uh, AK and force weapons have no downsides. If you fail the, uh, psychic check, which is terrific. Um, so basically it's just a free chance for that plus two strength, which is why I really enjoy a mix of, uh, mauls and axes, uh, because when you've got that biomancy that you don't have to test for, and you've got the K and force, which there are no downsides for testing for and a, uh, force axe or maul at a minimum, you are strength eight AP two to instant death Marines or Strength 9, AP 3, as long as you don't have to work around uh, fighting somebody in Artificer Armor or another 2-up save. So that's pretty great. Um, another couple of good things. Uh, Pyromancy is never bad. Um, mm-hmm. Just being able to lay out those really big templates uh, is always going to be great, especially when you're combining it with something nasty like the uh, Court of the Crimson King for your Rites of War. Um, those are delightful. Uh, you can go telepathy, but I feel like telepathy is kind of mean and overused. Uh, it feels kind of like the go-to if you want to make somebody hate their game. And <laughs> yeah, it, like it can be used in moderation, but also moderation is wildly subjective. And I feel like it causes more bad games than not. So I kind of tend to avoid telepathy. Uh, also by, my take on it is that it, telepathy just isn't fun it's, to play. It's not. It's really good, but why do that when you can summon up 
you know, fiery vortexes all over right. the battlefield. I mean, Pyromancy, hands yeah. down, I think my favorite for big, dumb fun and also doesn't make your <laughs> opponent that miserable. Uh, so I feel yeah. like that goes pretty well. I'm always going to default to Biomancy, though. It's it's in it's the fair. blood. <laughs> it's in the yeah, flux. Exactly. Swole nerds. Swole nerds are why I play Thousand Sons. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It's always going to be my go-to. It's good news. Yeah. But any other thoughts while we're here? I love them. Yeah, I do too. As much as I don't like Cataphracty, I think out of every Cataphracty variant for a Legion, these are the coolest looking ones. Like I love giant yeah. Keltaran head crests in the Forge Roll oh, kit. Yeah. I love all like the goofy over the top, like scroll work and the runes and the neat bolters and the mm-hmm. Hecastaves and all of that. It's it's cool nonsense, which is what the Thousand Suns is all about. Yep, yeah. and mechanically, they're what I want in a Thousand Suns. You yeah. have to be elite, and then make it a cycle and expensive. Yeah, <laughs> it's good across the board. Yeah, yeah, a solid pick. Next up is a similar <laughs> unit: <laughs> the Contemptor Osiren Dreadnought Talon. Who boy? So it's. A contemptor dreadnought, but magic, <laughs> but magic, <laughs> dreadnought uh, psyker. <laughs> yes, the dreadnought psyker. Uh, it's got the gravis force blade with an inbu- inbuilt combi bolter uh, and a gravis bolt cannon. Mm-hmm. It's got adamantium will four up. Of, I believe, other than that, it is a pretty standard dreadnought. Uh, until you get to the upgrades. Those are some pretty good differences, though. Um, yes. Adamantium Will is never bad, as long as you remember it exists. Um, <laughs> because, uh, like you mentioned, this is a Psyker Dreadnought, and he has a much better invulnerable save when he accidentally knocks his own hit points off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can add two more to the Talon for 200 points each. Uh, you can take the usual Contemptor upgrades, uh, though you can also take an Aetherfire Magna Cannon if you want, and a second uh, Gravis Force Blade with inbuilt Combi Bolter. Um, you can replace that inbuilt Combi Bolter with a Heavy Flamer, an Aetherfire Blaster, a Graviton Gun, or a Melt-A-Gun. You can take the usual Havoc Launcher if you want. For 15 points each, A any uh, Contemptor Osiren Dreadnought can take a single minor arc- arcana. Or, if the Talon is composed of a single model, uh, you can upgrade it to an Osiren Magus Dreadnought and select a single psychic discipline from the core psychic discipline list at 50 points. And this, I feel, is like where the fun nonsense comes in. Like, the minor yes. arcana, I think, is always going to be a good go. Um, what Dreadnought is not going to want, like, plus three inches of movement or uh, the Raptora bonus is really nice. Uh, who's going to complain at a better save when you're in close combat? Uh, and it's got a leadership of nine, I yeah. believe. Plus, as you mentioned, Adamantium mm-hmm. Will. So it's got a decent chance of getting oh, yeah. that off, too. Uh, what yeah. I wanted to touch on, though, is the Gravis Force Blade is unique to these guys, and it's important for two reasons. Um, so it's Strength 9, AP 2, exactly like the normal Dreadnought Power Fist. It's only Brutal 2, but it's also a K in Force. 
which the difference between strength 9 to strength 11 is not readily apparent until you hit custodians mm. and the normal dreadnought power fist does not instant death them this one does and it's still brutal too yeah. um, so that's you crack open uh, land raiders and mm-hmm. spartans with pretty much ease as well yeah it's yeah. it's pretty nice i mean it's just as mean as any other contemptor dreadnought in close combat um for some weird reason they get a five point discount on graviton guns like in their hands I don't know what that's for, but um, um, I, I bet the force blade that they get for uh, by default is just more expensive. Yeah, base. that's fair. I, I bet that's what's going on. But uh, again, no downsides for a K and force. Uh, it is um, terrific. What I see when I look at this is uh, usually what happens to my dreadnoughts when they get quote unquote incapacitated is they I end up having to run them into a, like a twenty strong spoiler squad or tactical squad or something um and they just get bogged down because they can only kill three around that's um, true you make this guy magus you give him pyromancy then he kills three and then explodes with fire uh except hitting uh, everyone around him in that fight they're terrific little guided missiles um <laughs> It does work a little wonky. There are a couple of things, uh, a couple of disciplines that they don't work that well with. Um, Like, Biomancy is always my go-to, but it's very janky on here. It's not going to do a Dreadnought a whole lot of good to get that additional toughness for a turn. And your your melee weapon is locked to strength 9 or 11, so a plus 1 strength is Mm. literally will do nothing. Makes sense. But um, yeah, Pyromancy is spectacular. Um, it's, that's what I've used on it every time I've gotten the chance to use it so far. Uh, pyromancy is just so handy across the board Yeah, that I will admit I have not Tele- branched out from there. Telekinesis could be interesting as well. Um, gives them a hefty range shot. Um, if you didn't want to upgrade your secondary that's weapon. true. And they are dreadnoughts, so they can fire all of their shooting weapons. Oh yeah. Regardless. So that's good. Good call, yeah. Um and then Telekinesis also has the dome of four pinbone that they can oh, put up. Oh, you know what? Really need to try divination just to have a dreadnought with a strength eleven AP two <laughs> precision shot. Right. <laughs> Rose. Uh, oh, uh, so yeah. dart. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, so fully upgraded, your Contemptor Siren Dreadnought can push 300 oh, yeah, easily. points. Like, again, it pretty much runs the theme of big, dumb, expensive fun. And it, it's going to be great. It'll be great. Love it. Um, yeah. Next up, I believe, is one of your favorites, or at least previous favorites. It was, and... I try to keep a brave face for a whole lot of the changes to Thousand Suns, uh, but these poor nerds, I have... Stiff up a lip, Jason. Stiff up a lip. <sighs> I know. The poor Castellax Achaea are stuck in this weird spot, I think, because they're a combination of the Thousand Suns needing to be toned down, and also the Mechanicum needed to be toned down, and then they kind of are both of those things. So they caught it twice. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the problem here is they're just they're expensive. Um, they they really suffer from that weapon skill three that's almost universal to automata that aren't Dalmatar chassis now. Um, they've got two attacks, three with their Archaea Force Claws, Strength and Toughness six. Um, their wounds four, Initiative three, two attacks, Leadership eight, three plus save. Uh, they've got your same Adamantic Deflector as a Dreadnought. Uh, they come stock with the wacky uh, Aether Fire Cannon, which isn't bad, isn't great. Uh, two Asphyx Bolters and two Achaea Force Claws. Uh, they've got Hammer of Wrath 1 and Adamantium Will 4 up. One thing I will say for them, I know a lot of people are trying to get that uh, first Rite of War, the Achaean configuration, to work. Um, where essentially it turns these guys into sinks for your Thousand Sons to channel Perils of the Warp into. Hmm. Uh, so that Adamantium 4 Plus does help with that. Uh, gives them kind of a 50-50 chance to ignore those wounds. And then you normally have that required Paravian to help repair them back. Uh, they're 140 points each. You can take up to four more for 140 points. And you can swap the Aether Fire Cannon for an Asphyx Bolt Cannon for free. I don't honestly know what the play is there. I used to be 100% behind the Asphyx Bolt Cannon in 1st Edition because it was literally just a Mauler Cannon with Asphyx shells. So you could reroll to wound. Also, it was Strength 6, AP 3, and Pinning, which was terrific. Yeah. Uh, it's got the <laughs> same statistics now as a Mauler Bolt Cannon, but it lacks the Pinning, but gains Shred. Which For those at home, it's 24-inch, Strength 6, AP 4, Heavy 4, Shred. Yeah. Which isn't awful if you don't have anything to compare it to, but it's not great either. And when these guys are already kind of struggling, it's like they want to be at that 12 to 24 inch range to really lay down firepower. But as expensive as they are and as close as that puts them to melee, it's not great. And they don't have the same backup of the um, Majos Dominus to craft wounds back on them, to bump their ballistic skill up to allow them to react, things like that. It's like all of the downsides of being psychers and automata with none of the ways the Mechanicum have to mitigate those. So they're not cripplingly bad, but it's really hard to justify when you've got some of the other cool things the Thousand Suns do. Um, As we've mentioned, a lot of their units are very expensive, so you've really got to pick and choose. The Achaean Force Claws aren't god-awful, um, they're Strength 6, AP 3, Rendon 5+, and then a K in Force. The, like, by itself in a vacuum, that's pretty darn good. Um, but, again, you're really struggling against that weapon skill 3. And yeah. AP 3 is not bad, but what typically happens is you only have a couple, maybe three of these dudes in a squad you're going to end up fighting a tactical squad. They're going to get bogged down by basically any rend is either going to be bounced off of a feel no pain or just take out a normal tactical guy. Anything that's not a rend is probably going to bounce off of um, artificer armor. Now the plus side there compared to normal Castellax, you do have a K and force, which bumps them up to strength eight, which instant deaths Marines, which is good but you're still 
probably going to struggle to hit with that 5 plus against weapon skill 4, and then you're going to get crack grenaded, which hits automatically, wounds on a 4 plus, and ignores your armor save. So again, a lot of the same downsides as stock Castellax, but none of the ways with Cyberthergy to help kind of mitigate those downsides. Also, major downside to me is the, the Psy Automata subtype giving it the programmed behavior. Mm-hmm. So then your tactical choices become even more difficult to implement. Shorter. And it used to be 24 inches uh, within a Psyker. Now it's 6 inches. And they used to have the ability to channel those perils wounds natively. Uh, now it's you have to take the Achaean configuration to get that. Yeah. So there, you're not going to handicap yourself by taking them, but with so many other like fun and expensive choices, the Thousand Suns specific, these are probably going to be like the bottom of you know the units you're going to pick through every time. Which is a shame because it's such a cool looking model. It's a stupid cool looking model, and. I have a whole bunch of them. <laughs> and I don't one day, know. one day, one day, one day. <laughs> so upside though, next page, Kenatai Cult. Yeah. So one thing I want to address as we talk these over, uh, it's something that comes up a whole lot. I've seen it like online, on Facebook, on Reddit and discord. Uh, there's a very big debate over their special psychic special rule. Um, that I want to touch on as we talk through these guys. Uh, My one single complaint here, constructive criticism. Uh, These guys are masters of the blade craft. Like even when Templar brethren were taking a nap, these guys were studying the blade. (laughs) Uh, But they have psycho reactive armor that they spend like decades of their initiation crafting that's like psychically attuned with them in the same way as their swords to levels that have never been seen before in the mastery of like the Paragon warrior of blade armor and space Marine three plus armor safe. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you, but I've been on the receiving end of these guys and they're fine. They, they don't need more. <laughs> I will say, I do like that they're not super expensive. Uh, they are only 145 to start out with. Yeah, that, that might have been changed if they all had two ups, for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't mind like 175, 180, 185 if they had the two up armor save. Like Templar Brethren, um, like uh, Palatines, those guys feel like they should be in the same ballpark as these. I would be 100% okay with these guys being more expensive and being able to outmatch those other, like, really hefty Legion Elite units in specific circumstances. But I see what you're saying. Like, Templar Brethren don't hit this hard, though. They can be me. Two, they're stuck at Initiative 4. There's no way, like, the Palantines with Spears or the Emperor's Children, Legionis Astartes trait, to get them above that. So you're all, no matter how nasty they are, they're always going to give you the chance to swing back. Hmm. So, um, these guys, let's talk about them. So, you got your move 7, you got your weapon skill 5, 2 wounds, which is nice, leadership 8, 9 on your squad leader, who is called the Blade Master. Um, you have a bolt, fist, bolt pistol that you'll probably never use and forget it's there. Uh, <laughs> you get 2 AKM4 swords, 
Only swords, nothing else. Um, your standard marine stuff of frag, crack, power armor. Uh, you are chosen warriors, which is nice. And you also have the warriors of the Kenatai rule, which we'll talk on in just a second. Uh, 24 points a dude to add up to five additional ones. Uh, for every five in the unit, you can get an Aether Fire Pistol or a Hand Flamer. Aether Fire Pistols are kind of fun, but, like, you're not here to shoot. You're basically just antagonizing return fire reactions at that point. Uh, this is not a, le- a Legion where you're buying every single yeah. upgrade, just because <laughs> your guys are already expensive. Um, and then your Blade Master can take your Melt-A-Bombs, and you're definitely going to want that Artificer Armor, even though they pay 15 points for it. Uh, so, important couple of things here. Uh, Warriors of the Kinetai means you only get their special power, the Mind Song of Blades, and not a Minor Arcana, which is that debate I was talking about. We'll touch on that in a second. Uh, Mind Song of Blades, however, is terrific. Um, yeah. So, at the start of your turn, a psychic check can be made for this unit composed entirely of models with this rule, so no independent characters. Um, if you join an independent character, the squad, you screw it up for everybody. Don't do that. And you don't need to. Um, so, please hold. Sorry, I had to smooch the baby. Um, (laughs) so you take a leadership test for your psychic check. If it's successful, you get plus one to movement, weapon skill, and attacks. All of those are terrific because now your movement eight, you get the plus one to charge bonuses. Your weapon skill 6, you're hitting other weapon skill 5 elites on 3s, and they're hitting you on 5s. And a plus 1 attack, which means even your basic dude is at 4, because they've got 2 base, plus 1 for the extra combat weapon, and you are a Kinetai. And it's great. It's great times. And that's without your charge bonus. That's without your charge bonus. So, uh, Hmm. 2 AK and 4 swords is pretty good. I do wish they had the little bump to initiative like old school warp speed, but I can't complain with all of these bonuses. Um, Now, what did we touch on? Go ahead. I feel like Emperor's Children might have uh, spoiled you with initiative bonuses. I really feel like nobody pays heed to initiative bonuses until they're biting you, like, (laughs) because you don't have them. I I pay a whole lot of attention to it, and it's so great to be able to swing before your opponent can even swing back. Mm-hmm. It's good times. Um, but one thing that's been a back and forth, and it takes a whole circuitous route to get there, but uh, Kenatai can take apothecaries. Their power armored apothecary and detachment gives you any of the special rules and su- unit subtypes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they are assigned to. So, in this case, your apothecary that you attach here will get the Psyker subtype, uh, they'll get Chosen Warriors, and they'll get Warriors of the Kinetai. So, mm-hmm. Warriors of the Kinetai gives them the Mind Song of Blades power. So, yep. they're not as impressive statistic-wise as a Kinetai. I like to think of it as the guy who was, like, bottom of the class. Uh, so, they bullied him out of Kinetai school, and he ended up going to med school <laughs> instead. Uh, then he just came back in. So he's only got one wound. He only has weapon skill four. But he can still do Mind Song of Blades like, you know, a real boy. Um, now, the thing that comes in here that's a little bit of a debate on that I always like to touch on. Apothecaries are chosen as a unit 
when you're building your list and then you assign them out. For Thousand Sons, what that means is they all have to have the same minor arcana because they're chosen as a unit. You choose the minor arcana or your unit and then you assign them once the list creation starts. The debate comes in is they do get Warriors of the Kinetai, which means they gain Mind Song of Blades and may not select a minor arcana from those presented by the Prospering Arcana. The argument being they're not assigned to the Kinetai yet, they pick their minor arcana, then are assigned to the Kinetai. Do they lose that minor arcana or do they keep it? Mm. I have no super strong feelings either way. None of the minor arcana are going to make a crazy amount of difference. Normally, what I see from Thousand Suns players, their apothecaries tend to be Pavoni because that three plus to your movement is never going to be a bad thing. Sure. When and if you need it. But I can definitely see the argument falling both ways. Like, do they lose that ability to take a minor arcana and to utilize it as soon as they get assigned and they get Warriors of the Kinetai? Or do they hang on to it because they select it before they get assigned and get Warriors of the Kinetai? Could definitely use clarification. I. It really seems against the spirit of the Warriors of the Kinetai rule for them to get. It does. Yeah. The, yeah. If, if, um, I'm, the, the logic follows, but I think it's not what's intended. Yeah, I get the logic, but also if you're gaining that special rule of Warriors of the Kenatai and the special rule specifically says may not select a minor arcana from those presented by the Prospering Arcana special rule, it feels very gamey and it just feels weird trying to, it feels wrong just trying to, uh, defend taking a minor arcana at that point it was it it feels a bit gamey it it definitely feel it it's definitely clear to me that the intent is that mind song of blades is replacing your micro because you're of the kenatai (laughs) yeah it's a special yeah and to hear a lot of thousand suns players argue for it uh they are trying to get whatever small ray of sunshine they can (laughs) out of what they consider a pretty sub-tier unit Mm. Yeah, Wait, fair enough. I, uh, I've been on the receiving end of these guys. I would not consider them sub-tier. They, I don't know why people don't like the Achaean Force Swords more. Like, I get that you don't yeah. have hyper-consistent AP2, which seems to be a sticking point for a lot of people. But also, on the charge, you're getting five attacks at Strength 6 AP3 that yeah. rend 16% of the time. Like, you're almost guaranteed to get one rend per dude. And that's not yeah. bad numbers when you've got weapon skill six going and you're hitting almost everything on threes. Is, that, is there a reason other than just for style points that they have two Achaea Four Swords? If you're getting your bonus attack from the pistol anyway, it's just a, of a model design. Because the models feature. have two Achaea Four Swords? Okay, that, that, that's why I figured. Because they studied the blade. But I was looking at the uh, the uh, KN4 special rule, and I, it looked like, you, regardless, you still just take a single psychic check. Yes. Good. And then that, yeah. that also empowers both of them. It's not like you have to take a power, separate check from no. both swords. I had to check. It's because they're, they're nerds, and they wield not one, but two katanas. <laughs> if there is any legion that would use a katana, it is not the White Stars. Right. It is the Thousand Suns. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. 
that starts to bring us into our named characters here in the book. Yeah. Uh, one last thought on the yeah. uh, Kenatai is I, I feel like a lot of a lot of the internet is if it's not AP two, it's worthless yeah. because they're only looking at going into elite units. Yeah. Um, AP three is you know you put okay. Frankly, uh, you take a a KF force axe or uh, spear on your apothecary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you challenge with the apothecary to take the sergeant out, uh, and then the Kenatai slice and dice whatever uh, three-up save unit you're going into. Uh, you don't even need to sweep, because they will all be dead. This is true. Um, it, yeah. It, I see where they could struggle going into you know, an elite, an elite unit. Uh, their matchup against Phoenix Guard Terminators is probably not great, yeah. but that's not what I think they're there for. Absolutely not. Um, if you want to do that, if if you need to deal with some Phoenix Terminators, send in the Sekhmet yeah. or the Contemptor of Siren. Use these guys to completely decimate your opponent's line troop formations and make them unable to score points. Or they're uh, punch down, punching down elites. Mm-hmm. I've used them a couple of times. I have no major complaints. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Then first up for our named characters is the chief librarian, the arch magister of the Corvidae, the enduring son, Azek Ahriman at 185 points. Uh, He's got movement seven, weapon skill five, ballistic skill five, strength and toughness four, three wounds, initiative five, four attacks, leadership 10, and a two-up save. Uh, he's packing a mastercrafted Asphyx bolt pistol, the Corvidae Inceptor, Artificer Armor, an Iron Halo, Frag and Crack Grenades. And for special rules, he's got uh, Legion as a Stardust, uh, Master of the Legion, Independent Character, Relentless, Adamantium Will, three up, Archmagister of the Corvidae, Traitor and uh, Pattern of Fates, which is his Warlord trait. Um, someone else want to take yeah, the Warlord trait? I know t- it's Pattern of Fates, but in the exact same way for the Alpha Legion Warlord trait, I know it's the Mobius configuration. I can't not say Morbius configuration <laughs> in the same way. I can't not think of this one as Duel of the Fates. Yeah. I'm, like, yeah. A big Star Wars fan. Yeah, yeah. So this one is actually a lot cooler and a lot more useful than it may seem as first glance. Uh, so just like any other special one, uh, if he's chosen as the warlord, he has to have this one. Uh, once all models have been deployed onto the battlefield, including infiltrating, and after any units have been redeployed using scout, but before the first turn, a uh, player can select up to three friendly units. Units. Hmm. Uh, and redeploy them to any other position within the controlling player's deployment zone or remove them from the battlefield and place them in reserves. In addition, uh, you can make an extra reaction in any one phase once per turn as long as Araman has not been removed as a casualty. The phase in which the additional reaction he ma- is made does not need to be declared in advance. So, That's, that is really that is good. Real, real good. So 
It's not once per game. It's not just for Araman or his unit. It's just one additional reaction, whatever phase you want, end of story. It's (laughs) terrific. He's only 185 points. Mm -hmm. Now, Uh a couple of things to touch on there. Um, That redeploying, it's any unit. Uh, It's not like... um, the Alpha Legion special character, uh, Dynat, where it has to be yeah. infantry. Yeah. Um, it's pretty darn put, similar, almost to like Alpharius. Uh, you can put that Spartan on the other side of the table if you want. Right. Uh, yeah. It's just oh, man. unit. Um, mm-hmm. so, There's high-powered vehicles with special weapons. You can line them up exactly how you want them. And yes. Oh, my gosh. Very, very importantly, but, it is after infiltrate. And it is after yeah. scout moves. Mm-hmm. So nothing else is going to be moved. Uh, Your opponent has no recourse. Correct. Yeah, it's not like you don't have to roll for anything. You just move. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. That's really good and really mm-hmm. appropriate. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good way of you know showing the master of the Corvette yeah. at work. Right? I like that. Yeah. At first, I like read through it and I was like, oh, like bonus reaction, like whenever you want. That sounds good. And eh, like you Mm -hmm. can redeploy. And then I kept rereading it. And it's like every Mm -hmm. time through, I was like, wait, hang on. (laughs) A new thing I just discovered. Uh, Yeah, it's terrific. Um, The first couple of times you use it, it is just so like beginning of the game changing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's spectacular. Now, um, I will say he is no slouch in combat. He does only have weapon skill 5 as a Praetor level character, which is not the best. However, uh, the Corvidian Scepter is amazing. uh, Because... Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Strength plus 1, AP 2, Melee, Reach 1, Force, and Mastercrafted. Now, a couple of things you'll notice. Uh, there is no unwieldy. There is no two-handed. Uh, it's not even a specialist weapon. Huh. Uh, that little goofy Mastercrafted yeah. Asphyx yeah. bolt pistol like, <laughs> that he had? Yeah. Plus one attack. Gives him an extra attack. Scepter. So uh, he swings huh. at initiative six. Uh, his force doubles that to strength nine AP2 at his initiative six. And it's mastercrafted, so he can, you know, re-roll one just in case. Uh, and since he's um, Archmagister of the Corvidae, uh, he automatically gains the Corvidae power. Uh, he gains both the Divination and the Thaumaturgy disciplines and can't select any others. Uh, it means, at minimum, he and his retinue always have that 6-plus uh, um, precision and uh, huh. strike and shot. And it's terrific because he can use it with his Corvidian Scepter. It's... Yes, and with Force, Corvidian Scepter just jacks up to strength 10? Uh, 9, I believe. That's oh, how the map I think works out. Doubles I, his I think you double then add. Then adds it. But I mean, okay, I strength so. 9, AP2, at initiative 6. Like, Lucius wishes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, uh, as well, since he has both uh, Divination and um, Thaumaturgy, uh, of course he has the Divinatory Aegis, which is the Precision Shot, Precision Strikes on a 6+, plus or a 5+. plus. 
you've also got Diviner's Dart, which is terrific. Um, that's Strength 6, AP 2. Uh, sniper, so it's always a precision shot. Uh, it's Guided Fire, which means uh, you can shoot at things even out of your own line of sight. It's an 18-inch range, so not a whole lot of utility on that, but still pretty darn good. And uh, it is a psychic focus, so it screws with demons and corrupted units. Oh, did you guys touch on that with the Achaean force weapons last time? Uh, no, we have not talked about demons in the various interactions yeah. yet. So that's one thing that uh, you should always be aware of. They are Achaean force weapons. However, they do not have the psychic focus or the force special rules, mm. which means they do not count as instant death or the reroll to invulnerable sort of deal. They do not count as force or the, for interaction with corrupted or demons. So small gotcha. downside there, but eh, mm. what are you going to do? Still plus yeah, two strength. It's pretty great. Uh, I'm about ready to dig a Azek Araman out of my uh, out of my closet. I get the, pretty sure right. I got a sprue or five he of him. He is great. Yeah. yeah um, on top of that, they also have. Uh, he also has thaumaturgy, so he's got. I'm still not a hundred percent sure how to use the thaumaturgic sucker power. Uh, that's yeah. the one where you pick a unit within twelve inches, and uh, anybody with wounds can roll a d6 and on a five plus you regain a single lost wound it's weird it's not a very good chance to have like one or two wounds come back up with how wound dispersion has to go yeah um the thaumaturgist cleansing i think is a little bit better uh it's strength four ap3 assault one sanctic which means uh a weapon with this rule always wounds demons on a 2+, plus, and any successful invulnerables have to be re-rolled. Uh, that and it's a psychic focus, so it has kind of that combination of counted as an instant death and also wounds on a 2+, plus, mm -hmm. and also uh, have to re-roll invulnerables. But as a trader, like, how often are you going to be fighting demons? Oh, kind yeah. of a, it's not an active handicap, but it's probably not something that's going to come up too soon. Yeah, I can. I can even see if, using thaum even if it's like, go ahead. Sorry, go uh, ahead. I with a thaumaturgic, uh, thaumaturgic sucker. I can see it being used on like large squadrons of terminators and elite units. But outside of that, even then, you're not gaining. I feel like you're not gaining a lot out of it. You're not unless you're using a cheap librarian to just do that. And even then, are, I'm not sure because you can't spread wounds out unless they're character terminators which right. Sekhmet aren't so at best you're kind of mm. trying to shoot for a five plus chance to regain one wound on one guy yeah um i will say even if thaumaturgy is completely useless for him at the points cost of 185 for everything we've seen it's still a great value yeah yeah he, he could not be a psyker <laughs> and he would still right. be great he I could think. not have thaumaturgic uh, powers yeah. and still be awesome between the Corvidae and Scepter and his Warlord trait, definitely worth 185. Yeah, Absolutely. For sure. um, the, the, his psychic powers are just bonus at that point. Alright. Up next, we have the Hidden One. The Captain of the Ninth Fellowship. Tutor of Magnus. Keeper of Keys. Hey, that's, that's our word. You can't use that word. Magistus Amon. It's a Dark Angels joke. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, so 
Amon looks like he's also a very Praetor level type of dude. Mm-hmm. Rocking in that movement seven, weapon skill six, BS five, strength, toughness, wounds, four, four, three, Ooh. initiative, attacks, leadership, five, four, ten. Look at Two him. Up save. What's that? Look at him with his weapon skill six. He's right. better at that yeah. than Armin. Yep. Oh, yeah. He is a unique Psyker character infantry unit. He has war gear of an Archaeotech pistol, the Reliquary of Dust, the Armor of Shades, Iron Halo, Frag Grenades, and Crack Grenades. He's got the Thousand Suns special rule, Master of the Legion, Independent Character, Relentless, Magister of Dust, Dust, Infiltrate. He is a traitor and has Lord of Hidden Paths as his uh, Warlord trait itself. The Warlord trait, Lord of Hidden Paths. If an army's Warlord has this trait, then all units in the same army with the Infiltrate and Scout special rules gain the Shrouded 5-up special rules for the duration of the first two game turns. In addition, an army whose warlord has this trait may make an additional reaction in the opposing player's movement phase. So, uh, so not yeah. bad. Um, like, definitely great if you're going with, like, a themey Thousand Suns, like, recon company. <laughs> no complaints. Um, we'll say um, this mentions, it doesn't say it has to be in the same detachment, mm-hmm. just in the army. So if you want to bring in, uh, like, an Alpha Legion annoying uh Allied squadron that might be beneficial, but huh, or some uh traitor raven guard, yeah, yeah, yep, huh. Honestly, anything with infiltrating scout. So, if you have like a little scout yeah. company allied detachment, the shrouded five up for the first two game turns, I don't know, is it worth it potentially, but not by much. I think there's some fun things you can do with it, but at the end of the day, it's still just a five up damage mitigation roll for two turns. It's it's fine. This is not going to be a game changing warlord trait, but not all of them need to be. That's also extremely fair. Looking at his war gear, the armor of shades, two up save, and any turn which Magus Magistus Amon has moved or is within the bounds of a zone of area terrain, it grants him the shrouded four up special rule. All right, his reliquary of dust is a force weapon. It is a melee weapon, strength user. So strength four, AP two, poisoned four up, reaping blow one, and master crafted. So what's a little bit weird here is it's a force weapon, counts as it, but it doesn't yeah. have the force special rule, which means you yeah. can't take that psychic check to double its strength, but it yeah. does cause problems for demons. Yeah, I see. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Poisoned four up and AP two. Not bad. Still interesting. Mm-hmm. And Reaping Blow, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't think of, like, the master of spies and snipers, like, wailing into a group of dudes, but. Well, I'm thinking, like, the Reliquary does. It sounds like it's, like, I don't know. I, I literally see, like, a jar of pocket sand that he just kind of throws yeah. at a bunch of people. Because it's. Uh, That's the vibe I'm getting yeah. to. Yep. Big pocket sand energy. Yep. He's also got it, the reliquary dust can also be made to use a shooting attack with a six inch range, strength one, assault two d six, poisoned four up, concussive three, and rending six. Fuck what? <laughs> pocket sand it is. Yeah, no, that is, uh, okay. that is a major pocket sand energy. Concussive <laughs> three, assault two d six, poisoned four up, and rending. It's strength one, but it's poison four up, so it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. in most cases. That's funny. 
That is hilarious. Mm-hmm. I like that weapon. <laughs> yeah. I like that weapon a lot. Um, and also, ostensibly, uh, Magistus Amon always gets divination and telepathy. So you can precision shot with that, like, pocket sand to, like, hit yeah. somebody, like, squad leader straight in the eyes. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Assault 2d6 all on that guy right there. Right. That's funny. Um. <laughs> Um, and telepathy, of course, is always good. And very fitting for this guy. Uh, well, I do roll my eyes a little bit when someone brings a telepathy librarian. If it's on a named character because it fits the character, yeah. then that's a different thing. For sure, for sure. And as long as you're not spamming it. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty great overall. Like, completely mm-hmm. different field of speciality, completely. Uh, compared to Armin, even though they do both share the uh, divination discipline. Yeah. yeah. Um, Amon's very interesting because his melee weapon is pretty darn good, um, but he does not have a whole lot of ranged options. Uh, He's got an Archaeotech pistol, but again, like 12 inches. And really, you think he'd be hanging out with like recon marines, snipers, he does have infiltrate, so you can like stick him in a recon squad that's geared with like shotguns and close combat weapons. Yeah, uh, he, you really want to put him with like a ninja unit, yeah. but the Thousand Sons don't really have one of those. They don't like it. It's definitely an unexplored area of the Thousand Sons that I'm very into. Yeah, um, I really love Amon in the um, in the book series as well, but. He's in a little bit of a weird place. Like, 100% take him, you're gonna have fun with him. Uh, but, nah, I don't I don't know where he goes, especially. He he feels like he belongs in a different legion. He does a bit. But, yeah. you're not gonna run into bad times if you use him in this legion. No. You know who he wants to roll with? Uh, the White Scars. <laughs> like, scouting melee. Right. Unit. That would work pretty well for, like, uh, uh, what was his name? Arvita? The uh, Thousand yeah. Son that got stuck with him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder, what's, what's, what's the Thousand Sons uh, alliance? Uh, literally like? everybody is a distrusted ally. Like, just straight down the board. Nobody likes the oh, wizards. Yeah. Not quite true. They have a few fellow warriors. Oh, yeah? Who do they got? And a few by the Emperor or Warmaster's Command. Sure. Um. <laughs> okay, uh, so fellow warriors for the Thousand Sons, we have uh, Dark Angels. What? Huh. Okay. White Scars. <laughs> All right. Blood Angels. Uh, Iron Hands. Raven Guard. Alpha Legion. Mechanicum and Imperial Army. Huh. Yeah. Uh, no Sworn Brothers. Oh, okay. 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 That's what I meant. Okay. Yeah. I get them confused. Um. No sworn brothers. Um, I get it. Yeah, which means he can't join a unit of the White Scars ninjas. Uh, but still, some interesting potentials for alliances yeah. there. All right, all right. Do we want to hit up the uh, before we get to the final Magnus to Red? Do we want to hit up the uh, the exemplary and legacies real quick? Yeah, yeah right here for. Uh, all right, yeah, so, for honorable uh, mentions. Yeah, the. Exandria 4 incident and the numerologist cabal, perhaps? Yeah. 
And then we got the Amatara Occult Intercession Cabal. Yeah. Lots of fun names there. All right. Well, if you don't mind, let me start with them, because I've got them right in front of me. Okay. Sure. So, uh, these guys are five dudes, 175 points. They are Light, Psyker, and Skirmish. Uh, Ballistics go five, which is good. Four plus save, which is not. Leadership seven. Eight on the character, also not terrific. They come stock with the Nemesis Bolter, all the fun stuff uh, normal Marine gets, except they've got Scout Armor and Shroud Bombs. Uh, Special rules-wise, you're looking at Scout, Infiltrate, Move Through Cover, Relentless, and a Native Shrouded 6+. Interestingly, for a dedicated transport, you can take a Legion Storm Eagle, but you can't take anything else. (laughs) Um, They are... 25 extra points for new guys, and for every five in the squad, you can exchange your Nemesis Bolter for a Melt-A-Gun or a Plasma-Gun. Interesting. Uh, your squad leader can also take either a Nuncio... Oh, can take a Nuncio box and or Melt-A-Bombs. And much like the Kinatai, they don't get a Minor Arcana, they get their own special power called Mind Killer. And this one is appropriately named for all, like, the weird circuitous shenanigans you have to do to understand how it's supposed to work because at the start of their turn before any models are moved you take that psychic check if the check is passed the shooting attacks of all models in the unit with the psyker unit gain the rending four plus and ignores cover special rules in addition to any other <sighs> their weapons might have makes yeah. perfect sense so far and it'd be great if it just stopped there but it continues for the duration of the turn this does not replace or improve any other versions of the Rendon special rule already possessed by the unit and may not be used when attacking with weapons that have the template or blast special rules. I don't know what that's for, but it's frustrating because, as near as I can tell, that specifically does not allow you to get a plus one bump to the rending of your sniper rifles, which you think you'd really want it to do. Um, so... I, uh. More rules lowering. Like, but it mentions that it's uh, running for up for the that, that, that special rules. I know for the for the, like it almost. Sorry, running X special rules already possessed by the unit. Does that mean? But the unit. I don't know if it's first unit versus weapon. It seems kind of. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but giving them an ignores cover, also yeah, great. Yeah. Good. Um, Ignore's cover is great. It yeah. just this is so weird, and I don't like it. <laughs> Rending on a plasma gun. Rending on a bolt pistol. Yeah. <laughs> but if, you, um, if you're but a bolt pistol, plasma range, gun in particular, mm. uh, give yourself some extra strength so that you can punch through more effectively. Punch through land raiders. So what's, why would I just take the melted gun that's five points cheaper than a plasma gun? <laughs> what's also Get running on your Meltagon. So they specifically in the power call out that you cannot use the leadership of an independent character in the unit. However, Mm -hmm. if you have an apothecary or an independent character or what else, whatever else attached to the unit, they do get the benefits of Mm -hmm. the four plus rend and the ignores cover, which is hilarious with something like an esoterist who has like the little 12 shot Volkite gun. Oh yeah. 18 inches. Um, because <laughs> doubly so if you're firing it, Marigal's worst nightmare. 
It's hilarious. 18 shots that are instant death, rimmed on a 4+, plus, and any invulnerable has to be rerolled. If you want to get weird with it, put it with uh, an independent character with a nasty melee weapon, and then give it rending 4-up. Oh, it's only shooting attacks. Is, oh, is it? Okay. Bad days. Uh, stick it with an armistos. Oh, yeah. That would be pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, salt cannon rending on oh, fours. Or auto cannon, yeah. rather. So, I'm thinking. so yeah. overall, they're really expensive. Their special rule seems to be in a weird place. I'm not 100% sure what they were shooting for. Well, I think I know what they were shooting for, but... I will say I've faced these guys on the table and just the ignores cover for the snipers was re- really annoying to oh, deal yeah. with. Ignore um, can't evade yeah, that. You can't evade and it ignores any cover save. Which yeah. is uh, if you don't have it in bone, you're just eating the rends on the yeah. sniper. Um which for one seventy five Additionally not bad. Does it am I missing it? Does it say that that replaces their minor arcana? Oh, maybe it is entirely possible. I was positive I, it did. I don't see where it does. Actually, um, where does it even show they have? Yeah, killer. Too. <laughs> Technically, mind killer is not listed under their spe- special rules. Um, given that it's on their sheet in the PDF, I think we can assume they have it. But whoopsies. Yeah. All right, so don't pay attention to me. Take minor arcanas, uh, go Athenaean with these guys, get that uh, <laughs> negative one to leadership check for the sniper rifles. They ignore cover, yep. but do not rend better. Yeah. Oh. They just rend the normal amount that sniper yeah. rifles do, which is already go not home bad. happy. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the squad I fought, uh, they did uh, slowly over the course of the game kill themselves, uh, but when they got it off... They were very consistently pinning my squads. Oh, yeah. So, it was quite obnoxious. Yeah, they're not going to be bad. They're just going to be expensive. Yeah. Well, uh, you guys want to check out the numerologists while we're here? Uh, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I don't quite understand what the numerologist is doing. But uh, I'm happy to look at it. <laughs> it's got so many, so many words. <laughs> so it's... Okay, what if we had a tech marine, but also he was bad at it, and he was also kind of a master of signal, but also a bad librarian at the same time? Okay. It's, it's real weird. Um, and had a squad with yeah, him? Yeah. And as a zero to okay. one choice, you don't have to pick up one of these guys. He is one of a kind. <laughs> For good reasons. <laughs> so, um, these guys are like many characters. Their weapon skill, ballistic skill 5, you've got 2 wounds, initiative 5, 2 attacks, leadership 9, artifice or armor. Uh, um, I do think it's worth mentioning that they are an elite's they choice. They are an elite's mm-hmm. choice. Which uh, is kind of a mark against them. I feel like elites tend to be crowded for Astartes players. So you've got 130 points for this dude and 4 buddies, his life wards, which are despoilers. Um... So your numerologist comes with a bolt pistol, a KN force axe, servo arm, frag crack artificer armor. Your life wards come with a chainsword bolt pistol power armor. Uh, your numerologist has Battlesmith 4 Plus and Relentless. And also the life warded special rule. 
Uh, you can add five additional life wards, ten points each. You can take a cyber familiar on your numerologist, which is probably not a bad idea because he does not have an invulnerable save. You can also put him in a, in a rhino. Yeah, you can put him in a rhino. Uh, you can take a little bevy of upgrades for the weapons on the numerologist, mastercrafted, bolter, uh, magna, minor combi weapons, bull kite, plasma pistol, graviton gun, flamer, plasma gun, melt gun. You're going to ignore all of that because you want to cast his psychic power. Uh, <laughs> you can also trade out his Achaea Force Axe for a Thunder Hammer. If you've gotten a close combat with these guys, chances are something's not going right. Um, a Life Ward can take a Nuncio Box, an Augury Scanner. You can change out one guy's Chain Sword for either a Power Weapon or Power Fist. And for every five models in the unit, one life ward may exchange his bolt pistol and chain sword for a rotor cannon or Volkite caliber. Again, no idea why you'd pay for that because you <laughs> want to so use the wild. power. Um, so, well, do the you... life wards? Do they well, use? Yeah, the wouldn't the life wards still be able to shoot their guns? Not very well. It, okay, they're just yeah, they're mostly despoilers. It'd sure. essentially be a couple of extra Volkite or rotor cannon shots that's essentially just going to provoke a return fire reaction at them. Honestly, what I'm thinking is it uh, makes my opponent think twice about shooting the squad because they're going to get return fire. Yeah, I guess banking a few rotor cannon shots off, maybe hoping for that penny check is not a bad deal. Um, or just some Volkite to you know, m- make them pay yeah. if they shoot right, the unit. Fair enough. So... Uh, your numerologist order is essentially the special rule just to tell you that they get their um, psi synchronicity, psychic power. And also, you don't get a minor arcana. So, uh, psi synchronicity. Take your psychic check, and when successful, a model with this power gains a geolocator beacon until the end of the turn. Reroll reserves, so you don't have to look it up. Thanks. In addition, up to two friendly units composed entirely of models with Legionus Astartes Thousand Suns with one or more models within six inches of any models using size synchronicity get plus one to ballistic skill during the active player shooting phase. So long as they, as the model with the psychic power does not make a shooting attack in the shooting phase. So, uh, okay, it's great for the stuff you would assume heavy weapon squads, recon squads, stuff like that. Uh, there is no caveat to unit type, so if you want, it can be jet bikes, it can be a squadron of predators, it can be pick a lord of war. I mean, it's pretty decent. Like, I'm never going to say no to plus one ballistic skill to say a squad of predators with predator cannons and bullgite. Yeah. It's not bad. Uh, but essentially just... Um, Think of something you would want a Cognosignum on, and now you can do two of those. And with the geolocator beacon, I guess I can kind of see if you're doing something really weird with like having the units deep strike near this and then getting a bonus to their shooting attack when they land. Honestly, I like it just for that reroll of reserves. Yeah. Um, running deep strike armies, I've been screwed on that so many times, as Jason can attest. Can, can um, confirm. I, I've straight up lost games because the reserves never showed up. Gotcha. Um, and uh, I, I think it'll have a use when we get around to the Rites of War and the Court of the Crimson mm. King. Uh, the Court of the Crimson King is pretty great. Okay. Yeah. Um, There's Life Warded. 
Oh, yeah. right. So this is essentially the same version of Patriot Cybernetica. Uh, you cannot be a precision shot, sniper, what have you, um, allocate attacks to the numerologist while he still has bodyguards, uh, which is pretty good. Um, it's pretty helpful in that you can't just be like, you know, sniped out. Uh, but the other thing is, additionally, a unit that includes any models can't be joined by any model that does not also have this special rule, kind of like better duty. Uh, and that explicitly includes tech marines and apothecaries. Right. Huh. That's kind of weird. Oh, uh, one thing that is kind of good, though. Um, this does say specifically, regardless of the attacking models, rules, or effects, uh, they mm-hmm. can't... So some of the rules like this can... Uh, they specifically reference, like, precision shots mm-hmm. or things like that. So, like, it would affect Sniper because Sniper is just precision shot but all the time. Um, yep. However, there are a few small janky special rules like the Corvidae, uh, special rule shooting is not a precision shot. So something like Patriot Cybernetica that specifically calls out precision shots doesn't affect it, which is weird and probably not intended, but it's kind of how the interactions go. It's definitely how I read it. But uh, otherwise, pretty good. I mean, you're not going to have a bad time with him. Kind of the only downside is you sort of have to cluster those units close together because it's only a short inch range, a short six inch range. Uh, yeah. But it only has to be a model or two in there. Yeah. At 130 points, I don't hate yeah. it. No. And as, a, and as an elite's choice, I am a yeah. fan. Because for Thousand Sons, I want to take, you know, librarians or. Uh, Characters who are going to do things want, rather than buff. You want HQ units. Yeah. Yeah, I want actual HQs, not. It's a good way to describe it. Upsized buffers. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, playing Imperial Fists, running Hammerfall Strike Force, I used to run with a Master of Signals a lot to give me a slight boost to those reserves, uh, maybe get to reroll where they come in. I stopped doing that because it was expensive and not that helpful. And took an HQ slot yeah, yeah. that I could use for better things. If I was doing a similar thing in Thousand Suns, I would be all over this yeah. unit just for that reserve free now, roll. The caveat with Thousand Suns is if you take the um, Master Signal, uh, he can be a little bit more useful because you can give him the uh, 15 point upgrade to take a discipline. Mm. And yeah. then he can also be like a little magic shield wizard. Uh, Fair. on top of just like waving around the light sticks for stuff coming in for landing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Like definitely when, I mean, HQ slots, I feel like are always more at a premium. You can probably make, even though elites can be kind of congested, I feel like you can much better make the argument for this. Yeah. Instead of a whole HQ slot. And when I run a master of signals, he ends up hiding yeah. behind a, the biggest piece of blocking terrain he can find anyways. Mm-hmm. I can do that with these guys and feel better yeah. about it. And he can boost um, two units. Right. Mm-hmm. Boost two units that aren't part of his unit. Right. Um, so he hides behind a building with a dreadnought or a tank sitting next to him 
Dreadnought and Tank can get shot to pieces during oh, yeah. uh, that first turn. Not a big deal. Uh, but gets plus one to shooting. Then he calls in the reinforcements. And he's paid I've for himself, in my some opinion. Some folks use a numerologist combined with a siege breaker uh, that has mm. telekinesis. So not only <laughs> do all of your tanks get plus one ballistic skill, you also get the four plus telekine dome which the Siege Breaker doesn't have to move, you know, for the, and uh, then he can give one of those groups of tanks Sunder, yeah. which is, you know, a whole lot of stacking nonsense, which feels very Thousand Sunsy. It's appropriate. Yeah. Now, I, I, before we touch base, sorry, I do got one more question with the size and synchronicity. Mm-hmm. It mentions that um, you, you make your check, the model gains a geolocator beacon, when it mentions up to two friendly units composed entirely of models with Thousand Sun special rule with one or more models within six inches of any models using psych synchronicity, gain a bonus of plus one. Is that what model is using psi synchronicity? Is it all the models in that unit or just the one that generated the geolocator beacon? Uh, it's just the numerologist just himself. Right, uh, the life wards uh, do not have the numerologist order. Yep. All special right. Rule. I will rescind my question. Thank you for clearing no it up. <laughs> the, the life wards are there to die first. Yeah. It's when I see the word models and not look up. It's like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there we go. All right. Well, on to the big man himself. Back to the Lieber. Yeah. 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 Page 260. Primarch of the Thousand Suns, the Sorcerer of Prospero, the Crimson King, the Logos Maxima, the Cyclopean Giant, Magnus the Red. Go ahead, Jason. Wrap this bad boy up. He's a big giant nerd. Yep. Like, (laughs) the only single Primarch I have even a modicum of sympathy for is Angron. (laughs) And I know Thousand Suns players are supposed to be, Magnus did nothing wrong. Lehman Russ is a dick. You know what? They're both dicks, all right? It, it's Horus Harris. I don't know if you're new here, but everyone's dicks, all right? Like, just because he's your space dad doesn't mean he's any less of an intergalactic war criminal. Magnus is just as bad as everybody else. But that aside, routing all the hate mail, I'm sure I'm going to get straight into my spam folder. Uh, Magnus is pretty cool as a model. Um. Now, he is kind of middle of the pack as far as Primark statistics go, not middle of the pack so far as his 520-point price tag. Uh, he is move 8, weapon skill 7, 6s all the way down until leadership 10, and a 2-plus save. Uh, unique in a psyker, because of course, he's got the horned raiment, the blade of Ananerta, a sci-fire serpenta, and frag grenades. Uh... Let's see, Master of the Legion, Legionus Astartes, Thousand Sons, Arch Sorcerer, Deep Strike, which is fun, Adamantium Will, 3-up, uh, Native Shrouded, 5+, I, the Crimson King, Traitor, and Sire of the Thousand Sons. So, uh, any models with the infantry type in the same army as Magnus the Red gain Adamantium Will, 6-up. Uh, if the model already has the same version of this special rule, that is increased by one step. Uh, Interestingly, it does not have the caveat that a lot of things like this do, uh, limited it to a certain number, like a feel-no-pain up to 4+. So, ostensibly, if you've already got Armin in there, now he has uh, a better adamantium will than Magnus does. (laughs) 
you know, that kind of tracks. It does so. kind of track. <laughs> oh, also, uh, any model with a uh, thousand suns that suffers perils of the warp, including Magnus, uh, suffer uh, reduces the number of wounds inflicted by one to a minimum of one wound. Uh, also, interestingly, um, Magnus has a less flexible bonus uh, reaction than Armin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that also tracks. Yeah, is stuck in the assault phase, which feels weird. Um, I don't know why an assault phase reaction, but that's what he gets. So, um, Arch Saucerer, his force first special rule. He has access to all of the core disciplines whenever you want him. Uh, when making a shooting attack or attacking during an assault, Magnus can choose any one psychic weapon available from any discipline, regardless of which psychic powers he has used in a given turn. So, basically, you can mix and match whichever power and or psychic weapon you want at any given point in the assault or shooting phase, or heck, whatever phase. Um, it's pretty interesting. It opens up a whole lot of possibilities that other Primarchs don't have. It's really yeah. cool. Uh, and also, in each turn, he can use any one of the minor arcana from, you know, the Prospering Arcana, and may use a different one in each turn. Uh, also, he doesn't have to take a psychic check for that, uh, for the minor arcana. He just gets it. But only the minor arcana. He does have to psychic check as normal. Uh, that's so, great. the other fun stuff, Eye of the Crimson King. Uh, when selecting targets for psychic powers, all models within range, anything that's not in a building or on a transport, uh, counts as in line of sight. So basically, he has a universal guided fire, which is good. Um, you can't hide from the dude with one eye. Um, you've got his armor, the horned raiment. Uh, if you are familiar with the nipple horns, you don't forget them. Uh, gives you a two up, gives you a four plus and vulnerable. And also, uh, just like in first edition, if you're hit with a destroyer weapon, you take one less wound uh, to a minimum of one. Uh, so uh, the blade of Onanerta is doesn't seem that great to start. Uh, it's strength six, AP one, melee, two handed. But it is force, so you can double it up to strength 12 AP1, which is pretty darn good. Magnus has six attacks and no real way to gain extra attacks other than charging, which isn't, like, the worst, but it's not not mad at it. Uh, and then last, you've got the sci-fi. I mean, when they're, when, they're, when they're strength 12, six attacks regardless is pretty yeah. good. At AP one, it's you, yeah. you don't really need that much more. I, I feel. mean, I, I don't know enough about Primarchs to know how he would fare in a Primarch fight, but against anything else, he's wrecking shot. Bad. Okay, that also tracks. He's a big nerd. Uh, he's not Ferris Manus or anything, but you know he gets it done. Uh, yeah. Then you've got the Sci-Fire Serpenta, which is kind of funny because it's fifteen inch range, so it's like a big Volkite Serpenta. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not a pistol though. Uh, it's Strength 3, AP 2, Assault 3, Deflagrate, and Force. So it's a little bit useless until you turn it on. <laughs> um, Set from stun to kill. Yeah, right? Yeah. But you can only turn that dial with your mind, which you know, okay. risks a demon poking around in there. Okay, here's a question for you. If for some reason Magnus was fighting demons, mm-hmm. as he should have done in the first as place, um, 
and he fires this at a unit of demons. Um, the force makes it an instant death, right? AP2, instant death. Uh, and then deflagrate. Yes. Would the deflagrate wounds then be instant death? Or... I don't think so, because I deflagrate has the caveat that it doesn't carry over any of the special rules like Ren. Okay. From the original? Yeah. Then... Which I imagine for then would this, while rare would track in the same bucket. In that case, would the deflagrate wounds be strength three? I think probably, yeah. Yeah. Niche case. Yeah. And frankly, why would you be shooting that when you have access to every core psychic power? Heck, even fighting demons, use the Thaumaturgy one and just banish the, banish the entire squad. One I go. would... Uh, like to offer the small constructive criticism as much of an arc sorcerer as Magnus the Red is, he could really use some firing protocols, even if it was just like mm. two, so he could like, you know, fire off one psychic weapon power from each hand. It it would feel a little bit more, especially at five twenty <sighs> points, or at least two. Yeah, yeah. I don't know enough about Primarch to know how he stacks up, but he's. Uh, Picking from the entire book of psychic spells sounds like a fun time. It's fun. Uh, just stand there during the shooting phase, you know, flipping through your book of spells. Yeah. It, it'd be cool. I mean, I'm, you do have a little bit of extra utility, especially with the sci-fi or Serpenta, because you are a Primarch. So you do automatically have precision shot and strike on everything. Mm-hmm. But, right. right. Eh, what are you going to do? So. Precision shot psychic powers. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like the the telekine rock throw, yeah, right? <laughs> but make it precision. <laughs> okay, uh, shall we go into yeah. rights of war? Rights yeah. of war, and wrap this up. We've talked about a couple of them. Let's go over what uh, they are. These are uh, Jason. You want to take a cane configuration? Oh, don't make me. Yeah, I'll take a cane configuration. I'll take it. You, you'll know what you're reading. Oh okay. yeah, I I so, won't. Yeah, that's the problem. I know what I'm reading, and I know how. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not god awful, but it makes you take Achaea, which we. Alright. I'll try not just to poo poo on it, but. Okay. So you may select Castellax Achaea as non compulsory troops' choices. You don't have to. Even the right of war they're centered around leaves this up to you as an option. But are you sure you want to do this? Any model from this detachment that is within 12 inches and suffers of a Castellaxachaea and suffers perils of the warp may allocate all of those wounds inflicted by perils to the Castellaxachaea. And any Castellaxachaea in the detachment using this right of war is considered to have the line subtype as long as it's within 6 inches of a friendly model with both Legionis Astartes Thousand Sons and the Psyker subtype. It's really, really hard to get this to work like you think it should. Yeah. Because... It's nice. The Castellaxachaea do act like wound sinks for Perils of the Warp. They do have adamantium will, so it's about a 50-50 chance for them to ignore it. And uh, under the limitations, uh, your Castellaxachaea, selected as troops, have to include more than one model. Uh, You must include at least one Legion Techmarine Covenant, and you must include at least one model with the Consular Special Rule, selecting (laughs) the Pravian Upgrade. So there's a lot of requirements. I, yeah. Some of them make sense. The Pravian makes sense. The Tech Marine, uh eh, It's too much. Uh, it feels like it should be one over the other. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. the Pravian's okay. He can hop in one of these units of Castellacs and start, like, wrenching wounds back onto him. But the problem, like we mentioned before, there's no way to kind of mitigate the downsides of Automata like the Mechanicum have access to. And once these Castellacs of Chaos start taking wounds, they're going to start exploding. And that's a bad deal, especially when you can't repair them as fast as the Mechanicum can. And they're so expensive. They are real expensive. They're 140 points each. Yeah, so you're looking at 280 a minimum per non-compulsory slot that you want to fill with these guys? Which is more expensive than the tactical squad that can just roll over top of them like they weren't even there. Right. If the Castellaxakea were cheaper and it didn't require a tech marine covenant, I'd be on board with it. At least it didn't require you to drop a tech marine in each single unit. At least it doesn't do that. Yeah. And I mean, a tech marine is not bad. Like, I'm never going to say no to, like, a 70-point dude with an axe and a cognosignum. Like, you know, boosting a tactical squad, boosting a heavy support squad, what have you. But it's just so much expensive stuff in a legion that already has to struggle with expensive stuff. It's really expensive, and the entire, like, the bonuses you get are around making Castlexakea help other units out. Mm-hmm. Which they suck. But you don't have enough points left over to help other units, because you don't have other units. And I really try yeah. not to compare 2nd and 1st edition, but it's really kind of a kick in the pants that this used to be a native ability of the Castellax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of something you have to base a whole ride around. Yeah. But, more power to you if you want to dig deep and make it work. They were very nasty last edition. They were. All right. On the other hand, Guard of the Kin- Crimson King looks real. Oh yeah, fun. it is a black. It's like Hammerfall Strike Force, oh. but with nerd wizards from space. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for this, the controlling player may designate up to six units from a detachment using this right of war that are made up entirely of models with the infantry unit type. These models gain the Deep Strike special rule. When these units are deployed as part of a deep strike assault, they gain the Fear 1 special rule for the duration of the turn in which they are deployed to the battlefield. Additionally, Sekhmet Cabals may be selected as troops choices for a detachment using this right of war. Um, limitations, uh, detachment using this right of war must include Magnus Red, Isaac Armin, a Legion Praetor, Legion Cataphracti Praetor, or Legion Tartarus Praetor upgraded to have a psychic discipline. And uh, this right of war may not be used by an allied detachment. Uh, that being said, this is what I want. This is what I wish Hammerfall Hammer Strike Force was. It's real good. Uh, you are, you know, dropping a big old deep strike bomb. Uh, you are doing it with troop elite terminators. Uh, we we talked about how cool segment were. Uh, well, now they're troops, and now they deep strike. Um, you're doing it with one of your excellent HQs that we talked about. You're going to want lots of. And uh, on top of that, they get fear one when they drop in. So there's a chance you will actually pin someone if you deep strike close enough. Yeah. And what's really nice is uh, I always tend to have some Athenaean units scattered around, especially recon marines. They're the go-to with it. But um, yeah. When you start laying down some shooting attacks when you've already got Fear 1, and then with Athenaeans mm-hmm. stacked on top of it, it starts getting real good real quick. 
Yeah. Um, and as I mentioned, bring a numerologist, make sure that the deep strike comes in as soon as possible. Uh, this looks really cool. And this right of war is why I keep looking at thousand suns and being like, Hmm, I could do that. That could be fun. It is a whole lot of fun. Um, I've used it a couple of times, uh, and it has not gone horribly yet. Uh, it, it's, it's been a lot of fun without feeling like overbearing. I think that's kind of what I like about Hammerfall and about this is it's a big deep strike bomb, but it's not the same type of deep strike bomb as a whole bunch of drop pods, which feel different somehow. Yeah. But it's good times. Um, I can imagine taking like Armin, a librarian, uh, maybe a champion, all upgraded with the psychic powers probably three units of segment terminators, uh, one numerologist cabal, a couple of, uh, scout squads, um, you know, put the characters in the terminator cabals, set them up deep striking, use Armin's warlord trait to shuffle around everyone on the left on the board to make sure they're out of line of sight. So they don't get shot. Turn one, get the scouts in just the right line of sight. Yeah. Um, Reroll when they come in. It's a very good chance you come in turn two and drop in with a whole lot of psychic nastiness. I really, really like um, one of my go-to units is a chaplain uh, upgraded for a psychic power um, because I normally use them as my warlord because I love in second edition, your warlord does not have to be your master of the legion anymore. Uh, so I can take a Praetor, but also a Chaplain, and make him my Warlord so he can get the fun uh, Magister Prospero trait to make all of his squad psychic checks really reliable. And for things like that, um, a Chaplain with Biomancy is a staple for close combat squads for um, Thousand Suns, especially if you take it with something like a Pyre Minor Arcana. So... Each one of your despoilers, it's the unit I use it with most uh, commonly, uh, each one of them gets two Hammer of Wraths. Uh, all of their hits re-roll because of the Chaplain, and they are all Strength 5 with Chainswords to Shred, uh, which also re-rolls. So it is unbelievably nasty on the charge from a unit that's like, despoilers are eh, kind of mean, but they're real mean coming out of a... Uh, Really, really good deep strike setup with fear one. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I will will point out Magister Prospero only affects the Warlord's unit. Mm-hmm. That um, is true. The, so it's it would only be that one unit getting uh, reliable uh, the reliability. Oh, yeah, the one's all you need still. Yeah, uh, j- just calling it out because uh, it was sounding like you were talking about multiple units. Oh no, just uh, one chaplain yeah. in a unit of despoilers. Uh, but it is yeah. pretty easy to get uh, three different minor arcana in the same unit going uh, hmm. between the unit itself, an independent character, and the apothecary, which is almost always mm-hmm. going to be Pavoni. Um, something that's worth noting about uh, Guard of the Crimson King is it does not make those segment line. That'd probably be a little bit too much. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they <laughs> should not be getting a line in this. Um but it, it means you 
the army I laid out earlier, you would not actually want to run. You'd want to you'd want to do that and then finesse it to get some points for some things that could actually score. Yeah. I mean, recon marines score. <laughs> if they're still alive. Yeah. If yeah, I was going to go Terminator heavy, I think I would add a few, either like a breacher squad, uh, because they actually get a pretty good usage out of both the Raptora Minor Arcana to give them a 4 plus and vulnerable. Uh, and also they don't lose anything like a tactical marine does if you trade out their bolters for Asphyx bolters, because they can't Fury of the Legion. Good call. So... You don't yep. lose that. You don't lose the tactical ability to take bayonets, things like that. Uh, you mm-hmm. just get a really good invulnerable, and now you're got a pretty good, uh, nasty set of shooting to help equal out your damage quotient with tactical marines. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I think that wraps up all our Thousand Suns content. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. Yeah. Overall, it's maybe, you know, it's an interesting Legion to play. It's different. It's if, definitely interesting. If, if you're playing it, hats off to you. <laughs> Don't make people hate life with telepathy. Is my, yeah. Is what I would like to leave my parting message as. Nobody likes that. Don't argue that the Thousand Sons took a really big hit and they have to use telepathy to be competitive. Uh, <laughs> or just take Araman. They're not. They're just not take Araman. No. Yeah. I will. 100% um, agree. It does kind of suck that your entire trait is dependent on your squad sergeant. So if he gets killed, you suddenly can't use your Legionis Astartes trait anymore. I hear you. Their traits are... The, their Legion trait is not good. Um, there's a lot of complaints to be had with because it. Because it kills. Um, that being said, you've got enough good stuff going on. You can do some fun things. It's all it's all about making that deal with Zinch. Yeah. I yeah. think a lot of the downsides come from the comparison with what they were in first edition. And uh, I I can see that. I don't think that's ever gonna work out well. No, the game is yeah. is vastly different than what it was the first edition. Even more The game so. is vastly different and Thousand Sons were absurd last edition. They were. They were unfun. Like Yeah. It it was I tried to police myself very strictly. And yeah. that's how we ended up with the Fleximancer. Yep. Was yeah. for me trying <laughs> not to be a dick. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. Man, I'm not trying to land, land this on a sour note, but. The Fleximancer is only a sour note for people that had to play against him. Yep. <laughs> oh, there were some FAQ questions and answers. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really matters too much. Are the following Thousand Suns units treated as having gained the Psyker unit type through the colder Arcana ability? Yeah, yeah, they, they can use they can use psychic checks. Yes, they can take minor Arcana. If it says you can, if it says you can take a psychic discipline, you can take a psychic discipline. <sighs> and like twin linked weapons are in fact twin linked. <laughs> God damn it! Oh, the Kane configuration had uh, something up here too. Uh, change the third bullet to a Castlex Akea model in this attachment is considered to have line subtype as long as that model's within six inches of friendly model with both a thousand suns and the Psyker subtype excluding Psy Automata models. So you cannot uh, stack up your Akeans. Uh, yes. Fair. <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, the Akeans don't count for that. What if, it has to be an if actual they're, space. If they're percent. holding hands, they can capture this objective. <laughs> hey, if it works don't, for Solar Auxilia. 
They even took that from them. Damn. Right? They can't even like hold their little force claws together. Yeah. Yeah. Love turns out is not a battlefield. All right. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to do this real quick lightning round type of thing. Jason, once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us for this episode. This was a blast. Hope to see you again real soon. Me Here's too. Some local, yeah. Some local events coming up in battlegrounds. We have the holiday mega battle return of center Klaus on 9th of December, 2023 legions Imperialis. We'll be playing some games. Stay tuned. And for uh, probably uh, early next year, we'll uh, be talking about some events for that. Um, I know there's desire for like a uh, learn to play get together. Um, and then uh, on the 13th of January battles in the black at battlegrounds. Dope. Lots of night fighting. 13th of January. going to be real dark middle winter. No sun <laughs> bring all the things you need for looking, seeing in the dark. That's where I do my best work. <laughs> All right. Once again, if you enjoyed this program, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube at RR30K Podcast. Once again, thanks to GoblinsHut.com, the North American home of Dirty Down special effects, washes, and sprays. Patrons get to receive a 15% discount on their orders from that website. And if you are a patron or would like to become a patron, go to Patreon.com forward slash RR30K Podcast. Uh, be sure to join our Discord server community. The link is in the show notes. Be sure to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this program once again this is the remembrances retreat my name is jesse i was here with michael and jason hey bye nerds have a good night and keep those dice rolling bye for now and don't fail your psychic checks don't fail your psychic checks GoblinsHut.com is the distributor for the Dirty Down paint line and other hobby products in North America. Dirty Down liquid effects and aging sprays have been used by prop masters in TV and film for over 30 years to create incredible realistic looking effects in a fast, reliable way. They can be spotted in some of your favorite media such as Star Wars, Game of Thrones, and Alien just to name a few. That precision has now been brought to the miniature realm and is taking the hobby by storm. In the Dirty Down line, you'll find rust, moss, and vertigris effects, unlike anything else on the market. With a vigorous shake and a mix of a bottle, a single wash creates the combined effects of multiple other paints and even provides a subtle texture. Dirty Down's entire line is also water-soluble, so you can achieve a wide variety of effects, entirely reworking, removing, or layering to your heart's content to achieve the perfect weathered look. With this capability, the line is perfect for speed painting while also having the depth for use for competition pieces. If you'd like to buy Dirty Down at a shop near you, ask your friendly local game store to go to goblinshut.com for information on stocking it. You can also purchase it direct as well. Also, all listeners of the Remembrancers Retreat can get a 5% discount on your online order with the promo code RR30K. And patrons of the Remembrancers Retreat get 15% off their orders. Once again, that's goblinshut.com, home of the Dirty Down Liquid Effects.